1: All right, welcome to another episode of Locked On Bulls, uh, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, I'm Sean Hyken uh, of Bleacher Report and NBC Sports. With me, as always, Cody Westerland of 670, The Score. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Leave us a five star review. We're on Audio Boom as well. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Bulls. Uh, email us with any basketball questions or uh, advertising inquiries at Bulls at gmail.com. Cody. I am in Las how Vegas is, for Summer League. You are not.
0: How is Vegas treating you? I feel like that's more entertaining than Chicago this time of year.
1: <laughs> it's Well, it's hot, but it's a different kind of hot. Because in, in Chicago, it's humid. In Vegas, it's dry, but it's still just brutally hot outside. But, you know, en- enough about the weather. The, you know, that's that's... That's not that interesting. It's You know, it's been, it's been good. It's been, it's been fun to, you know, see people. Summer League, even if you don't really care about the games, because the games themselves are just kind of glorified scrimmages. But, you know, this is one of those few times a year, the others being like all-star and the finals and the draft combine. All the NBA media is out here. All the scouts are out here. All the GMs are out here. All the agents are out here. All the coaches are out here. It's just kind of a place where the entire NBA comes together. And so I've gotten to catch up with a lot of people, talk to a lot of people, just kind of get a feel for you know what's going on around the league. And then, you know, we saw some of the Bulls' young prospects.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, what has stood out to you so far are the, the Bulls, are red-hot 2-0 and themselves. They're, they're on undefeated. their way to that uh,
1: Las Vegas Summer League Championship banner.
0: Yeah, undefeated in the Rondo era since he's been signed. They're 2-0 in Summer League. And Rondo's he, here. He, yeah. Yeah, what, uh, what's he doing? He's hanging out on the sidelines with Fred Hoiberg, huh?
1: Yeah, so this was actually kind of funny. Uh, yesterday, uh, He, you know, Fred was talking about how he thinks this is going to be a great fit. And then uh, today he said that uh, Rondo is going to be another coach on the floor and an extension of himself. Which, uh, I mean, that's—we'll that's. that's we'll see how long that lasts. But, yeah, Rondo was here today. He was sitting on the bench during the Bulls Summer League game, talking to Denzel Valentine, talking to Chris Felicio, giving them pointers on, you know, different things. Denzel said that, you know, Rondo, you know, was giving him, you know, ideas about, like, you know, things he was seeing on the court as far as passes that he could have made, and it was helpful, so— you know I think the fact that you know we'll see how all the chemistry stuff goes later on, but I think the fact that Rondo, at this point in his career at this age you know made an effort to be out here with the team and like helping out the young guys that he doesn't know at all uh, I think it I think I think it's off to a good start yeah well.
0: Yeah, well, I was going to say, yeah, I'm glad to hear he's uh, all in with these young guys on the Bulls. That's a good thing. He kept up his weirdness level a little bit from the TV perspective. I did watch the game on ESPN2. I'm not sure if the Bulls were on ESPN2 tonight uh, because of the showcase that Chris Felicio put on or because Ben Simmons was playing for the 76ers. But whatever the reason, the camera did cut Toronto for a few seconds, and he just stared down at the floor and like put his hands over his head. And it was a really awkward, like, 15 seconds of TV. So I just thought that was kind of entertaining a little bit. But on the floor, what did you see? Chris Felicio led the Bulls with 17 points tonight, 10 rebounds. Do we learn anything about Summer League? I thought he looked terrific, again, at Summer League. Um, you can't take too much away from this. But he looks comfortable on offense with his left hand and his right hand, which is saying a lot for a big man who's only been playing basketball, like, 10 years or something in his life.
1: Well, if we're judging from just today, you know, Chris Felicio is pretty much the summer league Bill Russell. But he also – he did not look good yesterday. I don't know if you saw any of that game, but he had – because in summer league you get 10 fouls and not six. So I think he, I think he had, like, eight <laughs> yesterday, and he wasn't really doing too much on either end of the floor. But he looked terrific tonight. He looked like uh, – you know, he, he, he looked a lot more polished. He looked a lot more comfortable offensively because, you know, during – last season you know towards the end of the year when he started getting in it's, it, you know his offense was more just kind of getting put back dunks and cleanup stuff but you know he was doing a lot more he was scoring with both hands like you said he was actually looking for his own offense a little bit and you know by the end of the game guys were trying to start trying to find him which was a little bit encouraging to see yesterday Bobby Portis was a monster today he didn't really do too much Denzel Valentine uh the Bulls uh lottery pick from this year he uh yesterday he missed all of his three point attempts this and year it's open. This year he missed, I mean, t- t- today he made a couple, and he said that yesterday it was just kind of nerves because it was his first ever game against NBA competition, but that today the game slowed down a little bit for him. But again, I mean, this is all summer league stuff. Like, you can't ever take anything from this. Like, what I did get out of this is I think Denzel is a smart player. He was he didn't have too many bad turnovers. He's You know, his feel for the game is really good, and that's something we heard coming out of the draft about him from – you know the bulls front office and also from tom izzo uh who coached him for four years and so i you know i i wouldn't i wouldn't worry too much about the bad shooting performance uh so far that he's had you know he he, he's shown some promise and he's going to be able he's not going to be able to defend elite guys but he'll you know he's going to be able to defend just kind of your average wing in the nba
0: yeah well i think the passing parts uh that you pointed out is meaningful because obviously if the bulls aren't going to be able to shoot that well, with Rondo Butler and uh, Dwayne Wade in the backcourt on the wings, like they're going to have to make up for this passing. You know what I mean? Like create easier buckets in tighter windows and, and see the floor together and such. Um, whoever's out there. And if Denzel Valentine can be a really good passer too, um, you can make up for a little bit of that shooting deficiency if you have a lot of good passers on the floor, or multiple good passers—at least two guys, three guys—that can really see the floor. So that you say that, I think that's a worthwhile thing to watch moving forward in the season. Like you said, not big takeaways in regards to like mono-e mono competition. But how a guy sees the floor can be really meaningful, too. And if Valentine has that, that's a big help for the Bulls here in this upcoming season and for his rookie development, really.
1: Yeah, and, that's, and this is something that Fred talked about this morning at Shootaround, which is that, you know, just with, with Jimmy, with Rondo, with Wade, with Valentine, with all these guys who are ball handlers, you can have some lineups out there where you don't even have a traditional point guard out there at times. You know, it, you know he sees Jaron Grant as more of a combo guard, too. Uh, Jaron Grant hasn't really done too much so far in summer league. That's the other main guy that we're uh, watching as far as guys who are actually going to be on the roster. Actually, Spencer Dinwiddie is back on the Bulls summer league team. He was waived a couple days ago, but that was just kind of because his it was a, it was a bookkeeping thing. His contract is not guaranteed for next season, and so they just kind of had to cut him to make that extra 900k in order to have a little bit more room to make the Dwayne Wade deal happen. But, you know, he cleared waivers. He's on the Summer League team. Uh, uh, I heard today from Bulls people that he is going to be at training camp, and that's the plan, and that, you know, he might make the team, but he'll have a shot out of camp.
0: Hold up. You're completely burying the lead here, Sean. They have shoot-around in Summer League in basketball. Oh, like absolutely. in Vegas like what what why how what is going on
1: yeah they have shoot around they have to run practices they have to make sure you know they're they're watching film like i saw after shoot around they only obviously just like regular shoot around they only let us in at the end, but I saw, you know, Jim Boylan was sitting on one of the far benches with a bunch of guys watching film on his computer of yesterday's summer league game, just talking about like different defensive rotations that Bobby Portis needed to make. And it was, yeah, they were treating it like a real thing. I mean, that's, that's really part of the spectacle of this is like, it's the most terrible basketball you will ever watch, but they... Uh, In in a lot of ways, like, if you go to the actual games, like, yesterday, uh, the big game yesterday was the Sixers-Lakers game, which was Ben Simmons versus Brandon Ingram, the number one, number two overall picks. And it was, like, it was at the Thomas and Mack Center. And for those of you who have never been to Summer League, there are two gyms that are adjacent. One of them is the Thomas and Mack Center, which is uh, the actual, you know, UNLV basketball arena. And then the Cox Pavilion is right next to it. It's basically a high school gym where, you know, there's the court and then there's media media seats on uh, the two ends and then there's just kind of bleachers for fans to sit in, but it's a lot smaller. So the game, yeah, the the, the simmons Ingram game yesterday was in the bigger arena, the Thomas and Mack Center, and it was packed. Like, there were a few empty seats in the 300 level, but it was packed, mostly with Laker fans, probably just because L.A. is so close to Vegas. A lot of the Laker fans were traveling. There were a lot of Laker jerseys in the crowd, but it felt like a regular season game. It was... Uh, like, they played, a like, a Kobe tribute video at one point during the game. And uh, oh. it was, you know, it was, a, it was interesting. But then, you know, that, on the other hand, at halftime, the score of that game was 30-25. to 25. So, uh, you know, there's a limit to how much it felt like a real NBA game.
0: Yeah, well, I was going to say, some of that summer league basketball that you see, if you guys did indulge yourselves and watch any of it, or you're just listening to us uh, and subscribing, as always, if you could, on iTunes, he was a five-star uh, review, how, too, if
1: you subscribe.
0: That's kind of how the Bulls basketball will look next year at times. Not that bad, but it could be slower, slower and choppier because of the addition of Dwayne Wade and Rondo and Butler don't fit perfectly. But I did want to point out we're not talking extensively yet about Dwayne Wade because the Bulls haven't officially signed him, Fred Hoiberg can't directly comment about Dwayne Wade yet. But John he, Sean, did mention he this has morning. indirectly commented. So what he tell you guys indirectly?
1: He said that they're looking to sign a All Star type of player who has won multiple <laughs> championships. That that's what he said. He didn't give any specifics. It's worth pointing out that LeBron James is still unsigned, so the Bulls could have a deal in place with LeBron James that we just don't know about. That's a possibility until it's not, but I have been told that the plan is for, cause for Dwayne Wade to be in Chicago tomorrow to take his physical, and then they're going to officially announce the signing, and then they're going to do the press conference introducing him at the end of the month on July 29th because he has a tour that he's supposed to do for China, in China so he has to go do that and then they're going to do the press conference we still do not know the biggest uh, question of the offseason is which number is Doug McDermott going to wear because remember after the Wade signing happened or after the, the news came out that Wade was going to sign with the Bulls Doug posted his old number 3 jersey on Instagram and said that he's going to change his number we do not yet know what number he is going to change it to
0: Yeah, well, he he has a lot of time. He was on 670 The Score radio the other day in Chicago on Friday, and uh, he was asked about that as well. He did not reveal it yet. He said he didn't even know. He had been receiving plenty of input and thoughts from just about everyone in his life and fans. So Doug uh, is still sitting on that has to go from number three to something else. And, you know, Doug McDermott's going to have to play a lot and play well for the Bulls. And it was kind of funny when we had the press conference with Gar Foreman and uh, the Rondo availability. Gar was asked, you know, uh, hey, who's going to shoot on this team because the backcourt <laughs> doesn't have big numbers? And he basically goes, oh, well, Doug can shoot. Yeah, Doug can shoot. And it was just it was kind of funny. Like, have you learned anything to Hoiberg's insights in regards to that or just what he said in the past couple days, because he did seem to have a little pushback and act like in his comments to you guys that he can coach up anyone in any system kind of and adjust. He's done it in the past. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Well, he did talk about Doug a little bit today. He said that Doug is going to be an important part of their team because he's one of the few guys that's, you know, actually a reliable outside shooter. He did of course, go back to the thing that was a staple last year, which is that last season was essentially Doug's rookie season. Cause he barely played his first year. And uh, it's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. He talked about how Doug has bulked up a little bit. He might be able to play some power forward in some of those versatile lineups. He is apparently working on defensive drills, which, you know, I feel like the Doug McDermott is going to be a good defender this year. Storyline is going to be this year. You know, the the Derek Rose has developed a jump shot of previous training camps. There's the storyline that comes up every year and then never amounts to anything. But, you know, we'll see. Maybe we'll be proven wrong.
0: Yeah, well, I did want to mention, too, in that radio interview the other day, Doug said he expects to play the power forward spot more than he had uh, previously, and he said he's discussed that with Hoiberg. So this isn't something that is still just like a theory or an idea for the Bulls. They're kind of approaching it and putting it into practice a little bit more without, with at least in regards to the planning of it and what they can do. And Hoiberg said he's been watching a ton of films, so – that would be really interesting. You were the one that asked him, hey, what's the starting lineup going to be, Fred? Is Nico going to be in it? And he kind of deferred to that question or just said something, generally speaking, if I remember right.
1: Yeah, he just kind of said that stuff is going to figure itself out in training camp. I would think, just you know, thinking logically here for a second, because assuming that four of the five starters are going to be Rondo, Jimmy, Wade, and Robin Lopez— you know, just in terms of incumbency and seniority, you would think Taj Gibson would be the starter, but I feel like you almost have to put either Doug or Nico Miradich out there just to have one person who's a threat to shoot from the outside.
0: Yeah, and I don't think I don't think you can put Doug out there to start by any means over no. at power forward, you'd be hemorrhaging way too much defensively and way too many weaknesses there. So I, that, that idea, I think, is more of like a three or four minutes a game type thing or for a certain stretch here or when the matchup is really favorable or they find something that's working to do it. That's by no means like a big thing, but it is it's just another, I guess, weapon in the arsenal of options for a Bulls team that they're going to have to get creative. Fred Hoiberg is and all these guys are going to have to get creative because it's going to be a totally different style of basketball, really, than what Hoiberg would dream of or even what we've seen in the past.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. This is definitely, you know, Gar and Pax did say at the end of the season after they didn't make the playoffs that there were going to be changes, and there certainly are changes. Whether those changes are good or whether they're going to result in more wins or a playoff spot is, you know, kind of remains to be seen. But I will give them this. They did follow through on their uh, promise to make things look different this year. It will certainly be different.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And we'll certainly have uh, much more, I think, from you in summer league dispatches here in the coming days sean the bulls don't play till tuesday against am i right
1: yeah and i might not be able to i might only see the first half of that game because my flight is you know a couple hours after that so i might just have to leave early for it but i'll be around vegas the next couple of days i'll you know keep talking to people even on days they don't play the bulls personnel or around so i'll talk to whoever i can talk to we'll be back You know, probably tomorrow or Tuesday uh, over the next you know, couple weeks or so. And then I'm going to be back down in Vegas next week for – I'm going up to Portland uh, this week to visit my family for a couple days. And then I'm going back down to Vegas next week for uh, Team USA training camp, which will involve Jimmy Butler. So, you know, we'll get to catch up with Jimmy, talk with him a little bit. I think he hasn't talked since the Wade and Rondo stuff happened, so we'll get his take on that. Tom Thibodeau is going to be there. It's always interesting to get his – Take on stuff as an ex Bulls guy. So, uh, it, there, will, there will be stuff. I will be out in Vegas for a while. I'll be out on the West Coast. Uh, and then we have the USA stuff in Chicago at the end of the month that you and I are both going to be at. So, we'll have updates from stuff. Just keep it on Locked On Bulls. You know, subscribe to us again on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Audio Boom, whatever is the most convenient for you. Uh, you, you know, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Bulls. Follow me at Hyken. Follow Cody at Cody Westerland. Uh, if you want to send us basketball questions or uh, uh, advertising inquiries just you know email us locked on bulls at gmail.com and we will be back with you shortly.